your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. In the studio with me this hour is Todd Shea. He is the what the website on the National Weather Service Lacrosse page says is the meteorologist in charge. Todd Shea has been doing the weather, I suppose. I don't know if that's like maybe demeaning. You've been doing the weather since the 80s, right, Todd? Yep, yep. Been part of the agency since the since the 80s. Yep, yep. Um, and you started in Texas, and you told me you moved here, moved to Lacrosse in 1995. So, and you kind of just moved up the ladder, and now nobody's above you in Lacrosse, right? There's uh, right. The yep. only liter- almost literally and figuratively, I think. Uh, nobody, well, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> both, and in fact, both both ways would be literally like, uh-huh, because uh, well, nobody's above you. Guys are up there, so maybe there's someone yeah, taller yeah, than you. That's why we're up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I try to always keep it as a team. You know, we don't really have that hierarchy. You know. Oh, you're not sense. ruling I mean, with someone, a... someone has to ultimately make some of the decisions when it comes to budget and hiring and things like that. But uh, you know, I've got a great team that does a lot of the work and the day-to-day brunt work and the forecasting. So um, certainly don't walk around with a staff and uh, <laughs> rule with a iron a fist. fist. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's quite a few of you guys up there that have like this 30 ish years of experience. Is there not? There is. Yeah. Our, our staff right now is uh, we went through years and years of very stable staff. And, and uh, so a lot of the folks in my generation starting to retire yeah. And so we have a, a very kind of split staff right now. I was going to say, is there a gap and there's 30-year guys and then three-year people? There are, yeah. yeah. If you look at the years in service up there, it's uh, uh, there's uh, a collection of us that are 25 years plus, and then there is quite a few, you know, seven years and younger. Um, so a lot of new talent. What happened to the people. middle? What happened to the middle? Uh, well, the Weather Service, uh, you know, 25, 30 years ago went through a big change in its organization, and so they hired a lot of meteorologists at once. And so there was a period of time when hiring was just not needed or it was very slow. And now, like I said, there's a lot of people retiring, uh, kind of looking ahead to that next generation in the weather business. You know, they're already, you know, we have our Doppler radar here in Lacrosse, but they're already looking at what that next generation of radars are going to be in the next 20 to 30 years. The golf you know? ball? Is that the golf ball? The golf there? ball. The Doppler uh, radar? Yep. It's, you say that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, because we were talking before the show. I'm like, uh, what is the golf ball? Um, okay, so that's interesting. Uh, what about we, – we can deep dive into this stuff, but uh, maybe, I, maybe I should save that for a longer segment. But on the show today, we're going to talk about the, that we had tornadoes for the first time ever in Wisconsin in February. Is that that's true? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so like, but but what point do you, is does ever start in like the late eighteen hundreds or something like that for you guys? Yeah, with things like temperature data and temperature information, that's more of the eight, late eighteen hundreds. Okay. Uh, tornado is not quite as long a history. Uh, really, tornado database is much more accurate from nineteen fifty on. Okay, uh, but there are there is some cases. I think. In Lacrosse, there was a uh, famous case back in the 1900s where I think a steamship was flipped by a tornado. And but you have to kind of go back in the in the the library. Books you got to go find the archives, the right, yeah, or right. the 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 what is it called? The film in the yep. in the library. I can't think of. I used to have to use that stuff, but I don't I don't use it anymore. The microfish, um, or whatever. yeah, microfish. <laughs> that's what it is. Um, so yeah, we had our first ever tor- tornado in February, which comes three years after our. F- you tell me what the derecho was, and was that a first ever too? And 
when when we lost the rotary lights, right? That was that that storm that had ninety mile per hour winds, and it was, yeah, yeah. So uh, that also set a lot of records. Um, now, the only month in Wisconsin that had never had a tornado was February up until oh, last really? week. Okay. So that's gone. But uh, in our particular region here, in our office of service area, we had, had never had a December tornado. And so that line of storms that came through, that was back when mid-December of 2021. Yep. Uh, I, we ended up recording 27 tornadoes in our service area, you know, and some just not too far from lacrosse here, along with just those strong winds that yeah. came with it. And that that, the that December and, yeah. of 2021 is more crazy than what happened a couple of days ago, right? In yeah, I mean, they're both unique and, and strange, but... Uh, Are you a little sad you checked off all the, torn, you know, no months? We've, we've now had a... So we'll, you'll never get that again. Yeah, no tornadoes right. ever in this month, and now we've done it. We've done every month. Yep, yep. You uh, know, there, there's... There's people that kind of thought as February was that safe month, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, uh, well, you know, the good news is no one got injured or killed from it, but yeah, uh, yeah you're right. It's never, I think four cows, now, so. I think there were four cows, four cows got four killed. Cows. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. I read that. You know, Six. that. That is important in this. I mean, it's, you're right. it's it kind is. of sad, <laughs> although, you know, like, and then you go eat a hamburger. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Todd's going to hang out this hour. We're going to talk about uh, that stuff, a bunch of other stuff, and, and who knows what else. we get got to take a break for Brad doing the news. We'll be back. Never All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. In the studio with me is longtime weather man, meteorologist. Todd Shea, he's been doing uh, he's been doing the weather up there at the uh, National Weather Service on the on the bluff since 1995, and and then you said before the show you told me you've been you started in '88, but you started in Texas and then you moved to St. Louis and then you ended up here. Where if you were a weather just like where is the best I'm I get to pick and is it up north because it snows? Is it down south in Texas because I don't know it's hot and there's I don't know if there's a lot of tornadoes. But if it, where is the most action when weather like this is the uh, the best place to be a weatherman? Meteorologist. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I think it. Yeah, I hate to to mellow your answer, but I think it depends on what the meteorologist is looking for. Yeah, you know, certainly working at an office like uh, Oklahoma City or Wichita, Kansas. I mean, you're going to get your fair share of tornadoes and hail, and you know, even the Dallas Fort Worth area, a lot of large hailstorms and things like that. Uh, but you you can go out to places like Rapid City or the Black Hills, South Dakota, and get uh, big snows, heat waves, huge temperature swings big wind mm-hmm. and so you know and out west so it's a little bit of everything is there a boring most boring place well we always kind of joke about like san diego yeah you know, okay. or key west i mean if it's not a hurricane coming <laughs> it's pretty much a lot of the same type of weather so in san diego it's a lot of routine weather except for you know an occasional rainstorm or something so yeah there's there's quieter then, regions certainly it, then it sprinkles out there and it's the end of the world right like yeah, people yeah. can't yeah, drive rainstorms now uh do you just roll your eyes at the weather guys that take jobs out there You're like okay guy <laughs> like, right. no I, i'm just kidding I, I always know that they're gonna eventually get busy and you know um they, they have their duties out there too so <laughs> We, we, we started the show just talking a little bit about how you have a lot of these 25-plus-year veterans out there, and then you have, like, these one- and two-year veterans. And I don't know if this is related, but, like, how much of, like, having a phone and the phone app and has, has kind of diminished the importance of certain meteorologists? I feel like to get the information on the phone app, I have to have you, and 
then beyond that, there's this trickle down effect. They're like local news. I'm not watching the weather anymore because eh, I just like I'm turn my phone. Look, I have your 10 minute weather, uh, you know, presentation on TV in one second on my phone. So I don't need that. But, uh, you know, the that old school person like my dad and, and your you know grandparents out there, they, they probably like that. But that I feel like that's going away. I don't know if that's something you ever think about. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, the way people get weather information has changed so drastically, even in the time I've been here at La Crosse, um, you know, the whole cell phones. And, and uh, you know, we used to push NOAA weather radios a lot more than we used to, but now everyone's got the phones. So that is something that we keep in mind. I think every source of weather information plays a part, has a role, uh, but we try to understand that, that different generations are getting their weather in different formats. So we... I, I wouldn't say that we keep up with them all, but we have a social media presence. We, um, you know, still try to coordinate a lot with the television side for those big impact events, for the tornado events, things like that. And so uh, uh, we're trying to make sure the information is out there. And you're right, the apps are very prevalent, uh, but the information is all coming from from a weather source, well, a weather fu- service or a private company, uh, depends what, on what you're using. What's funny, too, is over the break... I was I was giving you more jobs. I was like, why don't you do so? The TV weather guy obviously is in front of the green screen and he's you know you know gesturing behind a, a map behind him. Like video's pretty easy. You could just set your phone up and you know like ha- you guys up there on the hill could do that as well. Well, <laughs> you yeah, need something yeah. else to do, Todd? <laughs> no, no, we don't. We don't. We're trying to you know make things more efficient. But like I said, every everyone in the weather enterprise, if you will, the weather business has got their little niche and that's what works really well. The most important time is when there is hazardous weather. You know, we're kind of all working together as a team. Um, I know that might sound kind of uh, mushy, but that's, you know, ultimately we're trying to get the information out so people can make good decisions. And so we have to kind of be on the same page when it comes to. TV stations have their meteorologists. Do you work with them often or at all? And Yeah, um, you know, not on a day-to-day basis maybe, but we, we do have chat systems. So if they they're preparing their forecast and they have a question or they um, we're making a shift in uh, let's say we're going to put out a winter storm watch or one of our pieces of information that we're putting out we can chat them and and get feedback and then occasionally we'll have um, joint training sessions where mm-hmm. we'll look at case studies or something like that so yeah there's a good partnership now what about know, what about what happened a couple of days ago with the, the tornado are the, are they doing their thing and you're doing your thing or do you guys kind of like we got to team up here and figure stuff out it's or, a lot of, it's or a maybe lot of they come to you with help i don't know no it's a lot of teamwork and the nice thing is uh the national weather St- service still puts out the official watches and warnings and so when we put out like the milwaukee national weather service did those tornado warnings then that's where the broadcast meteorologists whether it be radio television they're one of those relaying you know mm-hmm. yes people can get it on their phone weather radios things like that but you need it to go out through many sources yeah for sure know? yeah um, now you guys kill it on social media. Like I love going to that and I can kind of just see what, like you're doing the weather day to day right there and I don't need to go anywhere else usually, but the website, man, this website is just confusing. It doesn't help at all. Do you ever, do you get complaints about that or do you, I mean, do, like someone like your kid or your wife, I, you know, maybe it doesn't work for you cause you're the, you know, the, the man in charge at, at the national weather service, but the website just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we are a, a larger agency and so it, Things evolve maybe a little slower it's than we like. But so complicated. I, I will tell you that there is uh, changes coming. Oh, really? I, I don't know how quick, but 
Um, yeah, it's kind of funny because people get used to finding things on a certain layout, and then um, you're right. It, it, it's not – the layout of it doesn't always work in today's world. And depending on the amount of weather going on, sometimes there's a lot of white space and things like that. But those are all, you know, some some of the appearance things that they're working on and mm-hmm. trying to make things more efficient. So. Yeah, I remember – I can't think of – who did I have in here last time? I was emailing uh, Mike Hurst. I had Mike yep. in here. And and he was, you know, we I kind of had the same conversation. I think I had it off the air, though. I was like, the website, I just don't get. So this is the printout we get every day. This is what, like, Hayes is reading in the morning. And Mike's like, don't go there. And then he takes me to a different page on your website. But then that was, like, way more complicated. I was like, I don't even know what I'm looking at now. But um, I was like, dude, I was going, I'm going to the Facebook page. I'm going to the Twitter page because it's very just spelled out there. Um, and And just, yeah, you could just see it there. But it does seem like are we losing a gener- are we losing meteorologists or that 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 interest in meteorology or are there a lot of uh, up and coming students graduating in this field where you have a plethora of people to pick from? No, there is still a lot of people graduating, a lot of people in the programs. You know, not every university has a program, mm-hmm. um, but there's still a lot of interest in a lot of different directions you can go. You know, you can do the television thing. You, there's private companies. There's eight airline uh, industry that hires meteorologists. Um, certainly the National Weather Service is hiring, as we talked about, with trying to replace a lot of yeah. the, the retiring generation, if you will. So, um, no, there's a lot of opportunities. So there's a large gap here for, for hiring. Yeah, or, yeah. Or not, not gap, I guess, so just the, the openings, I would say. Right? Yep. And within our agency, there's a lot of vacancies. There's a lot of people moving up. You know, so is this a field that maybe people just don't understand enough to, if I think meteorologists, okay, I can go work in the national weather service and study the weather that way, or I can go work at a TV station and do the weather that way on TV with gesturing. Right. And that's it. Like, but you're talking jobs that people might not even understand or know about, right? Like there's probably hundreds of other jobs in with that expertise that you would need. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's jobs where you can specialize in specific items about weather. Um, it could be climate, it could be just aviation, or it could be uh, snow forecasting or river forecasting. You know, we have a whole riverside in mm-hmm. our agency too. Um, but I, I think most of the people that join the National Weather Service are are more in it to be kind of on that cutting edge. They want to be the ones interrogating the storms and issuing the warnings. They want to be the ones that have a say in protecting life and property. You know, but there's another side that like to do the broadcast and and use their talents that way to communicate with the general public. So again, all over the place, there's people that just want to do research. (laughs) And and the national weather service at the top, you guys are at the top. You kind of, you have the raw data and it kind of trickles down on from there. Right. That's from, from the stuff that I read, because um, you know, some years ago we, the government was talking about privatizing the, the weather service with, I think AccuWeather or whatever. I don't know how it was going to work. But then I was so I started to read about like how weather works and 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 it, it, it might not be all that related, but like the National Weather Service has the raw data and then like the weatherchannel.com or whatever, you know, these other privatized groups take your data and then they just uh, I was reading that they just manipulate it a little bit. So it's like it's their own. Then they can say it's their own or maybe they're because they're more regionalized to a certain area. Maybe they can like just deep dive into, you know, their city a little bit better and, and get a, a more specific, I don't know, like, can you explain that? You know what I'm talking about or am I way off here? Yeah, no, no, you're not way off. Uh, you know, the National Weather Service also 
collects weather information. So they have the satellite networks, or you know, we do. Uh, we work with the aviation industry in collecting, you know, the, the current weather observations around the region, like what it is in Lacrosse, what it is in uh, Winona, Minnesota, Viroqua, you know, that type of information. Uh, we're looking at set the satellite winds. We've launched weather balloons still in some parts of the country. So all that, and, and we have the radar network. And so all that information is kind of coming in. And and you have the, you post on social media, hey, can you tell us how much snow you got in well, your backyard? Yes, good point. You're right, you're right. We have the Ma Pa uh, right. observers out there, right. And we use that information to share with uh, folks, you know, that can spread the Is that really important? Or are you just doing that to get your social media up? Because then a lot of people comment on it and it's just a trick. No, I mean, the, the, <laughs> those, those background or backyard observations, if you will, really are the climate backbone of the country, okay. right? That's, that's what's truly people are experiencing. You know, sometimes when we put a, a temperature site at an airport and you're surrounded by a pavement and a lot of concrete and stuff, it might not really reflect what is really going on with climate change or what's that community is observing and stuff. So it's important to also have these, these smaller community information, if they will. And I mean, I see it a lot with snow. Are you doing it in other ways where you ask the community for a thing? Uh, well, rainfall reports. Like do you if do it's that? A heavy, yep. yep. Okay. And then um, that's pretty much it. You know, some, some people keep track of wind gusts for us. Um, Does that information ever come back? Like, let's just do a, like we have a snowstorm and then you gather information. People are posting and telling you, I'm in Bryce Prairie. I got eight inches. I'm in Houston. I got six inches. Does that ever come back and you go, what the bleep was that? Like what, you know, I mean, where, where the data is right, but the, the just the numbers are just don't make any sense. Is- yeah. I mean, we, we always have to be able to, uh, I guess, do our own quality control. You don't want to. Yeah. Uh, delete someone's information when it's actually right, but we do have to kind of check it against other information, make sure it makes sense. You know, and that could be when people think they see a tornado too. Yeah. If if we were to put a tornado warning out every possible tornado sighting, <laughs> you know, it, it right. could get really dangerous. So, um, yeah. So, you know, going back, kind of circling back, we are the ones that have all that base information in the weather world. And then we put it into computer models. The private weather companies can, can take that and package it differently. Sometimes they run their own computer models mm-hmm. based on all that satellite weather balloon data and stuff and and use that. So it's very interesting how the private sector and the government, you know, public-private relationship, I think, does very well together. Yeah, it's one of them. It is it's kind of funny because you you're just giving all your information away, essentially, right? Yeah. It's all yeah. there on the website, is it not? It, yep, it is. And everything we do is public information it can be reused by companies like you're saying it's it's being paid for by you know tax dollars so very um, very inexpensive by the way and what i what i scheme. what i appreciate too is when i come in here and do Hayes' show in the morning and i'll i'll do this if there's something weather related but i'm just pawning off my work on you guys a call i'll call in when i'm driving in at like five hey can one of you guys come on and just talk about the weather for a couple of minutes because it was weird and then you then i give you another job so that's another job there on top go. of your other yeah, job. yeah. But the, hey, tax, it's my tax dollars. So it's, it's, <laughs> We're you, here to serve. You're supposed to do it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text slide. Todd Shea, meteorologist up at the on the bluff there at the National Weather Service Lacrosse, is hanging out this hour. If you got any questions, shoot me a text or give us, give us a call. We'll be back after the news. Todd Shea is picking music today. Weather-related. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom in the studio. Tauche is the meteorologist in charge. That's what it says on the website, the National Weather Service Lacrosse website. 
He's hanging out this hour. We're going to talk about this tornado that happened in February. We just hinted at it a little bit ago, but um, Todd, it, looking at your your social media, your Twitter, Facebook page, are you on threads now too? Do you have to do all of them? No. Threads is no. like the, the, the Facebook of Twitter, I guess. Yeah, no, like I said. Just the, those two? The, we're a little slow at sometimes evolving through <laughs> the social media. Nobody's but. using threads. <laughs> it's fine. Everyone has a threads account if they have an Instagram account, but nobody's using it. It's just mm-hmm. it just says it on there. Um, but you said you posted on on your social media that we're gonna get some snow. I think we had like a sixty degree day. What was it last? Close last week. Couple 59. days, fifty nine degrees, yeah, and we right. hadn't had one of those forever. Uh, that sets a new daily record, I think. Right? And yeah, yeah. I think we've set about five different records uh, so far this winter, you know, daily. What's weirder when we have that, when we have a super hot day in the winter or a super cold day, like as, as a weather junkie, you know, you're like, well, this is, this is more weird when we have the thing that we had the other day with, uh, when it comes to hot and cold. Yeah. You know, I, I would tend to think about the warmer scenario like we've had you know the the lower amounts of snow although january we made up a little bit that that mid month storm but yeah there was a while there where i was like i don't know where i'm gonna plow the rest of this because we're gonna we're you know we have two more months of snow yet but right. then, then now it's all gone right you know so december was uh, a very warm month and uh, january was a little closer to normal but uh still on the warm side and and here we are what 12 days through uh, 13 days through February and we're at the right now the warmest February on record you know mm-hmm. we still got half a month to go but uh it you'd look at that and the lack of snow and you know how just strange that is in in our area to not have any snow and that plays in of course to the the flood risk and and but think about all the recreation that's getting hurt this winter without that snowfall. You know, we had what, 10 days of winter. <laughs> that's about yeah. The Burke Biners so. is going to f- suffer this, you know, coming, uh, this coming up here. Uh, I was talking with Jill Billings, the assembly rep yesterday about just, we were randomly talking about the ski hill on the South side. I hadn't, I haven't drove by there or even looked there. I'm like, do they even have, do they, I mean, I know they make snow, but I don't know if they have snow up there. I feel like that would be a lot of snow to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably do. I guess I just don't know. I should have looked. Um, but yeah, so and we got it. Somebody just texted us. So tomorrow we're going to have snow. Now, would you say we're going to have a fifty percent chance of snow? <laughs> this is always the argument. Like, what does that mean? Well, uh, as far as the forecast goes, I'd say the chances are higher. There's definitely going to be some snow moving through, and and you know, one to two inch snow in February normally wouldn't be a big deal, but because we've been so right. mild, just a little reminder that we've got a little bit of weather coming in starting tomorrow night into Thursday. So something to be aware of. But you know, when it comes to uh, forecasts, that that percentage you hear is uh, more or less the chances of getting snow or rain at your location. Mm-hmm. So, if it's a fifty percent, basically five out of ten times, you should get precipitation at your location. Okay. So, so just how we think about it. Yeah. So you know, even if you say an eighty percent chance, there's still that twenty percent where. Okay, so it's not, there's a 50% chance of snow in the city of La Crosse, and that means half of La Crosse is going to get snow. It's not that. No, not (laughs) not in the direct way, right, right. (laughs) Um, And also on your your Facebook page I'm looking at, um, you have a band of snow. Like, what band is that? Like, uh, is it country music or... Uh, that would Rock. be probably more gospel for the amount <laughs> of light gospel. stuff on there. <laughs> it's a gospel band. Um, and all right, know, so the, the bands move around. You know, they like to tour. So yeah, and we're gonna get. So and I made this joke when I emailed you and asked you to come on. You said it's the hot, it's the warmest February we've had on record so, so far. far. Yep. 
or right or the Bart Simpson Homer Simpson meme. It's the coldest February on record for the rest of our lives, right? Like yeah, yeah, we go. might not get a, but that would like I don't. We're not gonna. It's gonna be colder next February, right? This isn't gonna. This is really weird, right? This February or not? It, chances are yes, but. <laughs> I mean, how weird I mean, is how weird weather, is what's going on? There are some weather elements that can repeat themselves. You know, you're right. You're always going to set a new record, or a record is a record. But uh, you know, we've had other mild months, and it mm-hmm. just happens to be we're in a real unusual stretch here, and just no real signs of. You know, I will say this: this uh, later this week, Friday, it's going to feel cold again. Yeah. Uh, but you know, again, on an average February day, it would be about average. But considering how mild it's been, it's going to feel a little raw for people. So we're you know we're looking at single digits uh, for wind chills and um, highs in the twenties probably you know it's, that's quite a change from where we've been in the fifties. So and all this warm weather is is this the the direct effect of having a tornado or a couple of tornadoes a couple of days ago? It, it's related. You know when we had been as mild as we were, that allowed enough moisture and enough warm air. You know all those tornado ingredients to make it this far north. And normally that wouldn't happen, right? Normally we would get that colder air. If you had snowpack, that holds temperatures down. And so it just makes the likelihood of, of uh, those tornado-like weather that much less. But uh, we're sitting here mild. You get up into the low 60s and the right storm comes through. And, yeah, it could do that. So. Is, was the tornadoes where they happened, were they in our your region here? I know your region's vast, but I feel like there was probably a different region. No, they, they were just outside it. So uh, there's another or in South Central and Southeast Wisconsin, the Milwaukee National Weather okay. Service uh, has. So that was in their area. But we did have some some hail in parts of Southwest Wisconsin that we monitor. And I think even in the La Crosse area here, wind gusts of uh, 35, 40 miles an hour as a, a few thunderstorms rolled through. So, Does the tornado that happens, do, do you guys see that coming? And you're just like, and is it... Because it's going to throw you off. We've literally never had a February tornado. Right. So, so you, you, you see the data, and I know it was outside, but I feel like you're probably looking at the data, too, at that point, because you're like, wait a minute, we got to check this out, too, because it's such an odd phenomenon. I don't know. I could be wrong, but then you, you got to, like, double-check it, and you're like, and, and are you predicting a tornado at that point? Yeah, in a way, because you're right. It's never happened before, so you've got that working against you, you know, as far as it happening. But I will say in this case... Uh, some of our, even though it didn't occur in our particular forecast area, our crew was also monitoring it mm-hmm. and, and at the Storm Prediction Center. And uh, there was a lot of the confidence of that we are exactly going to have tornadoes wasn't quite there, but it was one of those that if the storms can be get strong enough, they're going to produce tornadoes and nothing else. I mean, it was pretty much a tornado or nothing kind of setup, and that's what we saw okay. down there. And so it just had the right tornado-like ingredients. The storms got just strong enough where they could could do it. So I would I would think that the guys in Ma- the Madison area, the National Weather Service Milwaukee, guys there, yep. or Milwaukee area, they're looking at the data, and they're probably calling you or somebody else and going, hey, um, can you look at this? Because we're thinking tornado is going to happen, but maybe, but, but that's never happened before. Can you just double-check our work here? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, there is always some chatting going on. I mean, there's enough of those guys in the office. I know. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of joking, but yeah, I'm yeah. sure that you guys are looking at this. And you're like, whoa, there's, well, you know, this might happen. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, um, based on what I could tell, they did a really good job with um, the warnings over there. Uh, we get into the trope about you guys unable to predict the weather. I mean, do you still hear that a lot, or do you guys feel like you're doing a pretty good job? I, I think we do a, a really good job. I think what happens is 
people tend to focus on, you know, the misses or a busted forecast, if you will. Uh, and, you know, we're always reviewing what we do, good and bad. Uh, if we feel like we really missed a forecast, if, if there was something that happened with a, a winter storm or a tornado event that uh, wasn't expected, you know, we'll go back and reassess it and see what, what was missed, what could we have done better. Um, but overall, if you look at the, the verification, if you will, the, uh, how well the forecasts work out, they're getting better and better. And Are you like Steph Curry at the free throw line? Like, like upper nineties, like 90% uh, higher yeah, than that. Yeah, maybe you, know, you, you still miss. Do you, from do you have a percentage? <laughs> do you have a percentage? Do you guys count like that? We do, but it's depending on how you break it down into, um, you know, the, the verification for, I guess, temperatures within a couple degrees is into the nineties yeah. and things like you that. You should have so. a whiteboard on who's getting it right and wrong. And just like yeah, <laughs> who's, yeah, per, yeah. who's shooting we percentage is higher. <laughs> little competition. We're a little bit like the Wisconsin Badgers right now. We're kind of a team effort. But yeah, right. Maybe not dropping off as fast as they are. So. Yeah, it's definitely. We don't want to bring up the Badgers right now. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Todd, Todd Shea in a minute. Again, Todd's picking the music here. This one's inappropriate, usually, for February. Yeah. And it's getting to be inappropriate again, right? Like, we're going to start losing sunshine. No, we'll be gaining it. We'll be gaining yeah, it? Yeah, but I'll probably take some uh, ripping for picking that song. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> 608-785-7914. We got a couple minutes left here. Oh, we got we got quite a bit of time, actually. I went to break a little early. just. Um, but uh, Joe's calling in. He's got some questions for Todd. Joe, go ahead. You're, you're on with Todd Shea. Hey, just had a, a couple of questions here. Uh, talking low-pressure systems, are they created, you know, is it just as simple as air has risen in the atmosphere due to a temperature difference and air has to move in to replace that or is there a lot of complicated factors with with low pressure creation and why do they spin counterclockwise and the second part question uh tornado creation is that as simple as updraft downdraft rolling parallel to the ground then becomes tipped up and vertical am i thinking around along the right lines uh, on those two uh, phenomena. Can you provide some explanation, please? Oh well, good questions. Uh, and yeah, they get they get pretty complicated quick. So I don't think I could answer it uh, super super easy. But yeah, I mean the the, the low pressure formations. Uh, a lot of it has to do with temperature differences across areas and and uh, how that evolves. And so there is a general upward motion that tends to be a process that drops the pressure and and builds the low pressure area again, depending on the temperature gradient. So it is kind of a, it's like a fluid process, and so it's it it does get very complicated. And you know, when it comes to tornadoes, um, too, it's you hit on some of the principles there. I think they're still trying to figure out exactly how tornadoes form, but it it does seem to have to do with how the uh, updraft and downdrafts surrounding a thunderstorm evolve, how the the uh, colder outflow that's or the the downdrafts in these storms comes out and how it gets pulled back up and so uh yeah very a pretty complicated process if you will uh everything with low pressure spins the the counterclockwise just due to the this this side of the globe the coriolis effect uh everything tends to spin that direction uh, so of course in the southern hemisphere it's the, it's the, the toilet flushes the other way in, in Australia or something like that, right? Kind of, yeah. The thing about toilet flushes, you can influence that enough. But on bigger <laughs> scales, 
with uh, weather, it's, uh, it, it does go that direction. So. All right. Th- thanks for the call, Joe. Um, Joe, just totally using your expertise and nobody else knows what the bleep you're talking about. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, people that are interested, uh, like just really deep diving into weather, probably love that. Um, weather versus climate. You guys are obviously doing day-to-day weather, but how often do you look at like how this is affecting climate? I mean, is that something, or do you leave that to, what is it, the NOAA? Yeah, so NOAA, or NOAA is our parent agency, but yep. within NOAA and within the National Weather Service, we do have a climate center. They're out in North Carolina. Uh, they're the ones that really look at the climate change issues, the uh, the long-term climate records, they collect it. They have the the research meteorologists that kind of examine that. That's their specialty. Uh, so weather is more of the day-to-day happenings, if you will, right. like you said. And so that's really primarily what we do here at, at a forecast office, the day-to-day weather. Because we have that 60-degree day right. or 59-degree day the but, other but day. But we're tracking that as it relates to right. climate. So we're keeping track of the local climate. Uh, and we have done a little bit of our own climate research, you know, looking at uh, extreme rainfalls over, you know, over the past several decades and how that's changing in some areas. And so, so we do a little bit of that. We're just we're not really yeah. the the full experts well, on it. Locally. When we have something like a hundred year flood every five years, right? That used to be a hundred year flood. Now it's every five years, or a February tornado, which we've literally never had, or what you called a derecho, where we had what was it, twenty seven tornadoes in our area in yep. December when we've only had what was it? Like we had zero before. Zero, oh, yep. zero to twenty seven. <laughs> and, and that was the first Minnesota tornado in December ever, too. That's so. right. Okay, yep. so and then like and then at what point do these random things that keep happening? become not that random. And then, you know, this, this, the weather turns into, Oh, the climate, climate? you know what I mean? Right. right. And it's hard to make that distinction, but obviously we have some of these things happening. And when I I would say like the derecho and this February tornado, it's just like two incidences, but uh, you know, like this, like it's more frequent, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you, you spelled it out like that. You know, that those are just individual severe weather events, if you will. Uh, So you have to kind of look at the big picture. Uh, So you're right. And, I don't know if everyone has the answer on that. I, you know, we've seen evidence of, of, of certain changes. I think the important thing to remember is that there's always been climate change. It's just to the degree that, you know, we as humans can control it or, or influence it. And so uh, we always tell people, you know, well, we don't have the specific answers. Maybe at least I don't. You don't you know, have the answers, but the you, have the, you have the data. I have the data, right. right. And so we always try to tell people to plan on being as resilient as you can. Think about you know, if you're in the agriculture business, think about, okay, how can I, if we are going to start seeing more excessive rain events, uh, how can I still do what I want to do and, and raise a, a crops and a living based on with expected higher rainfall rents? So be as resilient and as responsive as you can. You on know? the flip side, when you talk about floods, uh, over the past couple of years, we've had a lot of flooding and it's been like more flooding than usual. And then those hundred year floods and now we're not going to have any floods, right? Because we don't have any snow above us. Not that we won't have flooding, but we might not. I guess you could tell me because you have your flood report coming out. But is that also kind of related? Like, oh, now, look, we've had major floods and now we might not have any floods. Well, it, that's, And is that an outlier? Well, that's the variability of the weather business, right? right. Last year, a large snowpack up north. And we had, at this time, I think we had twice as much snow through the season as we do right now. Uh and so we had, we knew we were going to have problems when all that melted coming through lacrosse. And we ended up, I think the third highest 
uh, level on the Mississippi River here at La Crosse. So yeah, our our spring flood outlook does come out this Thursday officially. But you know, if anyone's looking at weather, you'll notice that there is hardly any snow now to the north, unlike last year. And so the the risk of flooding from just snow melt looks incredibly low, and, and that's probably what we're going to release you know later this week. We always have to be cautious because we're still on, we still have winter to go. We can still get spring rains and all that, but you know, based on snowpack right now, there's just right. none of it up there. So do you just, the, because there's no snow North of us, do you just give the flood outlook job to some intern this year? That'd be, a, <laughs> they'll have no. no problem with this one. Cause last year, if you remember the iconic picture of the target in the twin cities with the red target cart above it, and it was like a pile of snow in their parking lot that was 50 feet high. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen that iconic picture. I don't know if I ever did. No, okay. No, no. So like, obviously last year's flood report would have been a little bit like more difficult or, uh, a lot different, right. Yeah. Would have been different would be a better way, but it, I feel like it'd be more difficult to kind of predict how much of that snow is going to melt and, and affect us. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, if, as things sit right now, it's that snow melt, you know, aspect certainly makes it easier. Um, but we always have to kind of keep an eye on it. Certainly. So we have a, we have a hydrologist at our office that, you know, is, is monitoring that. There's oh, the picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, it, uh, you might have, might be able to focus a little bit more on, you know, another project this spring, if the, if the flooding isn't going to be quite as uh, bad as last year. So. And when we have a mild winter, like we do, are you guys just, is, is this as giddy? Like I, I giddy is a bad word because I've asked this before. When you have the derecho, you guys are like awesome, but also like terrible because there's 27 tornadoes or a February tornado. But I, I don't know when when the weather is weird. Do you guys get excited about some of, some of that stuff just because, uh, or is it like dang it, this, our job's gonna be harder now? Uh, I think it's more about we get very uh, mission focused. I, I, again, I know that sounds kind of. Yeah. Goofy, but we... Well, you can't talk about being excited for a tornado, but also the data is weird. If you're just looking at data, then you're probably very interested in why the data is the way it is. You know right, I mean? right. I, I don't think there's anyone in our business that is going to be like jumping for joy that there's a, a, an expected tornado yes. outbreak. But what, we're, what we do is we do see it as an opportunity to do our job and to see what we can do to save lives. You know, again, mm-hmm. sounds kind of politically correct. But we, we do get excited in a sense that we know the importance of what we do is coming to the highlight right now. Yeah. And so that's when we got to make sure we're firing on all cylinders. You know, in, in December of 2021 with that storm, you know, without trying to overhype it at all, we were certainly trying to urge people that this, this is not your average wind event or line of storms. This is potentially very dangerous. And, you know, so we really tried to get the word out, had a lot of extra press conferences and messaging and things mm-hmm. like that. So that's where it becomes um, enlightening and um, s- kind of satisfying that you can be part of that. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. So the Thursday is the, uh, the, the flood report. And then you, you also have weather training. You got like 30 seconds to, to get your weather training. Yeah. Out. So we're already looking ahead at spring, you know, in our business. And so we do have uh, spotter training, you know, starting to be scheduled across the region for the lacrosse area. We've got it scheduled in up in Holman on April 30th from six to 8 PM at the library up there. So I just wanted to get a little plug for that. All right. So spotter training. Now you have another 30 seconds spotter. Tra- like what are people doing? Uh, our spotter training, we teach people what to look for in the skies, what to report to us, um, how they can be part of our warning process. You know, they tell us kind of that eye, eyes in the clouds, boots on the ground. 
we're looking at radar and they're telling us how strong the winds are, how large okay. the hail is, and and then we can increase our warning accuracy because of that. All right. That's Todd Shea, meteorologist at the Weather Service Live Lacrosse up, up on the bluff there. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Rick.